All right, with a uh, cloudy sky and cold temperatures, we're underway with the morning show here on KDAL, hour number three. Three below at the airport at zero downtown, one below in Superior. Neil Atkins joining us this morning, as he does each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Dave. Nice and chipper outside there. <laughs> nippy. With a snap. We'll call it nippy. A snap in the air. Yeah, it certainly is. Hey, Dave, we, uh, we have... Uh, the Oracle of the East yeah. with us this morning, uh, Mike Kaiser. We've had him on the phone many times over yeah. the last several yeah. months, but nice to see Mike in person here. This He's morning. here live with us, and he came walking in. He goes, well, the, 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 this is a different studio. And I said, well, it's a yeah. different radio station, too, right. since the last time he was here. You're down we, in the big K. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were just down the hall a couple doors down uh, before. Okay. you got to turn his mic on. I'm there. sorry. I think it's on now. Try it again, Mike. Yeah, it's oh, there. You go. KDAL. Yeah. Well, it used to be WDSM. Okay, that's a couple years ago. Right, right. And now it's KDL. Yeah. And of course, KDL has got a much wider listenership. Yeah, we always relied on KDAL for uh, football everything. games and everything. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the hockey, the whole works. And, yeah. And then of course Dave Strandberg, who is a legend uh-huh. in broadcasting. You, know, you have to be here in person. Mm-hmm. To appreciate what a great voice, professional voice, <laughs> really? Dave wow, has. Wow, nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like looking across at you, going, "Wow, that's the guy <laughs> I've talked to on the radio." No, Mike, you remember when we were going to UMD? We used to listen to Wax Radio. Yeah, yeah. he was on Wax. Oh yeah, back in the day, yeah. he and Lou Lotto and the whole mm-hmm. crew. Yeah, yeah. But, did the morning show with Roger Johnson. It was R.J. and Dave back in those days. Yeah, that was Roger was the liberal, more or less. Oh, very much drove so. people nuts. And we well, had he a, and Lou would do the talk show. So they do it, you know, the yin and the yang there. <laughs> right. You'd do uh, one day, and uh, Roger would do the next, and you get everybody involved that way. Do you remember Morton Downey Jr.? I remember the name. He was a shock jock yeah. on, on TV. Yeah. And he was kind of the first, uh, before Rush Limbaugh and all those guys. And Donnie went around and did shows all over the country. And there was a promoter that contacted us here in Duluth to the Northland Vietnam Veterans Association saying, hey, could you guys help us and I'll give you some money. Yeah. Okay? So he said, all right. So he's putting on a Morton Downey show. So we, uh, <clears throat> he did a, an afternoon deal over at UWS. And then he did one down at the deck. And we grabbed Roger Johnson, uh, was on the stage with us. And Downey would do this deal. He'd have the professor with him, who was an ultra-liberal. And then Downey was a conservative. And they battled battled back and forth. Cute. And then they'd have guests. So we had the professor there, Downey. And then we had Davy Jones with us on there, Mm. Roger Johnson. And my uh, old girlfriend, Val, was on the stage with us. And we uh, we had uh, uh, quite quite the show at down at the deck, so it was pretty interesting. But but uh, yeah, that's uh, Roger. Actually, Roger was pretty tame on stage that day. We really surprised okay. us all. Yeah, that's just a bit of a surprise. He could certainly speak his mind. Oh yeah, yeah, so uh, easily. Anybody throwing tomatoes at you? Or, uh... <laughs> no, they all loved it. But it was yeah. and unfortunately, the guy that was a promoter, he didn't make any money on it, uh, and he went he went bust. And actually, Downey. Uh, endorsed the check he gave to us, and he said, "If if you can cash this, it's yours." <laughs> and it bounced. It bounced. Ah, all right. But at least he'd gotten his airfare here and back, and I think he got a, a initial couple, few bucks up front. But but that's the way it goes in entertainment. So, all right. All right. well, Mike, welcome aboard. Um, you know, the listeners here. We've you've been on here before, so we talk a lot about international relations. But I think the first thing we've got to talk about. You're a Harvard grad. Uh, what's your take on this whole deal with the president of Harvard? Uh, she got grilled. She the whole anti-Semitic deal. She resigned. 
Now there's controversy that she plagiarized a whole bunch of stuff and all that sort of thing. Uh, any ideas? It, yeah. Well, it was all set up. There were three uh, college mm-hmm. presidents there, and they all were briefed by their lawyers on what they should say, what they should not say, because mm-hmm. you're going to alienate somebody on either side. You, you can't. You, they were trying to be politically correct. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. stepped in the fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with the whole anti-Semitic deal and, and that whole jazz, and and none of them could say yay or nay, and they did the political speak, and that caught on fire. And of course, two of them are gone: uh, the University of Pennsylvania and then Harvard. Both of them resigned. Yeah. And the what was the other one? MIT. The other. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't so, remember. But controversy is controversy out yeah. there. But. But tapping into that, now we haven't talked about Israel too much. The last time you were on the uh, phone with us, the uh, war was just starting up with Israel. Uh, yeah. And now, of course, the, uh, the Houthis have been uh, uh, shooting at shipping in the, in the Red Sea area there. And now the United States and Britain just went and blew the heck out of a bunch of Houthi uh, installations on land. So this reminds me of the Marine hymn from the shores of you know, Tripoli and the whole nine yards on the halls of Montezuma, the shores of Tripoli. And that Tripoli, of course, was uh, Libya at the time. The pirates in Libya were seizing ships back in 1803 or something like that. And Thomas Jefferson was the president that sent our fleet over there and dealt with the pirates. Right. Well, and the pirates of Somalia. Yep. Pirates of Somalia, too. Yeah. So um, there are 20 countries that have... uh, uh, band together to uh, do something about the uh, Houthis in, yep. in, in uh, Yemen. Um, so it's not just the United States. It's not just Britain. It's it's twenty countries, and and uh, um, you know it, this is going to affect our economy if we have to. Have well, twenty percent of the trade Africa. goes through the Suez Canal yeah. there. Yeah. So um, when people say, "Oh, we don't need to get involved in international stuff. Let's let's just focus on mm-hmm. uh, the domestic scene." Well, that's very short-sighted. Well, look at what happened with the Panama Canal back in the 80s. Yeah. They went in to pose the, uh, the dictator was going to shut it down. Yeah. And, uh, and now, apparently, a Chinese corporation owns the canal. Right. Which is kind of an interesting caveat with what's going on internationally. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Chinese are investing in countries all over the world. It, uh, I was talking to my brother yesterday. And his daughter-in-law is from Peru. And she said the Chinese and the Russians are, are investing heavily in Peru. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, country after country, that's the case. Uh, this, I'm sure you know, on your program you've talked about the um, uh, Chinese Belt Road Initiative, um, where the Chinese are, are, are basically trying to uh, bring back the Silk Road idea that everything's going to go through China for mm-hmm. trade. And so uh, these are these are concerns that we need to be involved with and, and uh, paying attention to, um, and uh, again changing the attitude of let's not get involved in foreign affairs. If we don't get involved, uh, bad things have, happen. It's mm-hmm. going to affect our economy. Well, the problem in the past is we've been involved and it's it's bit us. Uh, Vietnam bit us big time. Afghanistan bit us big time. Well, let's see. Afghan, uh, let's see. Afghan bit the Romans. It bit the Brits. It bit uh, the Russians. Right. And then it bit us. Nobody seems to learn their no, lesson no. in Afghanistan. Who who got who was doing the biting though? We we bit ourselves in those countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were warned by the Russians after uh, um, they had their bout in Afghanistan to stay the hell out, and we got in with both feet and. Uh, 
uh, even though we were the ones that were supporting the Mujahideen against the Russians That's and right. forced them out. So, Back in the day. So, yeah. I mean, and now it, it uh, with Israel, you know, uh, the White House is, is told uh, Netanyahu, uh, the prime minister, that uh, you've got to think about after the war. What were the conditions after the war? Every time you strike down a terrorist, you're creating 10 more. And that's the lesson that we had to learn the hard way in, in Iraq. And look at, look at the conditions in Iraq right now. They want us out of the country. Um, so, so do we get involved in these uh, situations? And, and, uh, or you can't blame the countries. Uh, we went into Afghanistan. We went into Iraq. We, we chose to do these things. So, so again, who's, who's responsible for biting who? Well, it's, uh, you know, certainly the... Uh, uh, the whole Vietnam deal is near and dear to my heart yeah, because I, I was uh, were there. serving. There. Well, I wasn't in the country, but all my almost uh, 100% of my Marine patients were casualties coming out of Vietnam and at the Naval Hospital that I was stationed at. You were in Japan, right? Yeah. And uh, at, at, that, at that time, of course, we were getting uh, guys with terrible rashes and peeling skin and so on, which was mm-hmm. from the defoliant, which turned out to be Agent Orange. And uh, they believe now... Um, Close to a million, uh, you know, 58,000 men and a dozen women were killed in Vietnam in combat. And since then, hundreds of thousands have died from the effects of Agent Orange. Over a million Vietnamese people have died from Agent Orange. And uh, the defoliant that was used at the time. But when we use things, whether it's us, the Russians, or the Chinese, the Russians and the Chinese really don't care. And... We, we, we kind of care, but then we use what we use at the time, and then it comes back to bite. It took 20 years for a veterans organization to finally get the Veterans Administration, the administrations, to recognize that Agent Orange was affecting people. Right. The cancers and Parkinson's disease and the whole nine yards. We do have a caller, Dave said. Uh, we do. Uh, hi, who's this? Hey, good morning. This is Tom from Port Wynn. Hey, Tom, Tom, how's it going? Well, it's going quite well. Uh, I thought uh, we'd kind of rewind back to your original question, Neil, because that's what I'm interested in, because I I don't often get a chance to ask a person from the university what they feel on a particular subject, and I'm going back to what these three presidents of the universities, uh, I believe they got caught in their own trap. And I'll give you the question like this. You know, we... We see a redefinition of the language coming out of our universities, uh, where a woman uh, will refer to her partner as her wife. A man who's playing in uh, women's sports insists on certain pronouns being used. And we have white males who are called systemically racist, meaning there's no redeeming quality to these people. If you're a white and uh, you're a male, you are systemically racist. And what happened uh, to these three ladies is they got caught in the trap that they laid themselves. They couldn't answer a very direct question about, uh, you know, who and uh, what, when you have people protesting against the Israelis, uh, and they couldn't say that there was anything racist about it. And that was their problem. 
They stood there speechless. The words that they define at a university and are so skilled at, at delivering, they stood there moot because they were caught in their own trap. And that's my opinion, uh, Professor Kaiser. I don't know how you feel about it. Sounds, sounds like you kind of want to defend these people. And I would say it's indefensible what they did. No, I, I'm thank not Tom. defending them. I'm, thanks, Tom. I'm, I'm saying, uh, yeah, Tom, thank you so much. I always enjoy when, when you call in. Um, you always raise good points. Uh, I'm not defending them. Um, I think uh, we're so afraid to say what we think. Um, and the lawyers uh, have uh, such influence on us, they tell us what we can say and what we can't say. Uh, so I think that's the real problem. We're, we're very protective of what's said, and the lawsuits that could uh, come out of it or the uh, groups uh, that could uh, be upset by what we say, uh, they were in a, a, a no-win situation. They said uh, one thing, they're anti-Semitic. They say another thing, they're uh, uh, Islamophobic. So... Um, uh, I, I think it's just a condition of uh, uh, our speak now in the United States and what we can say and what we can't say. Well, and, and some people forge right ahead and, and say the truth. And they and get try in trouble. To, and, and they, they get, get in trouble, trouble but they yeah. try to speak the truth, as yeah. Tom was saying, yeah. as we try to do here. And certainly the, uh, the craziness that's going on on some campuses, and we've seen some protesters down here on Lake Avenue waving the Palestinian flag and all that sort of thing. And I think, you know, most of the... Uh, young people on college campuses have no idea who historically the Palestinians are and historically who the Israelis are. They say the Israelis are racist against the same root of people, Semites, that are out of that area. All these people came out of there. This is a religious deal. It's not a racial deal. How long... What was Abraham 5,000 years ago? The Jews have been persecuted for 5,000 years. They're in an area that's been conquered time and time again, whether it was the Babylonians, the Romans, the uh, uh, Carthaginians, whoever it was, Alexander the Great, uh, the Persians, on a, the Persians took them out of there and, and, and put them in, in, uh, in the wilderness, basically. And uh, that's where historically uh, Israel or the Jewish people came from that area right there Jerusalem and and what's interesting about the the history of it all in Jerusalem they say well you got the three religions there what was the first religion there Islam didn't come around into the 6th century AD Christianity came into effect about the second first second century AD after the Romans quit persecuting the Christians and all of a sudden Rome uh, became Christianized the Jews were there for thousands of years. And uh, to say, so, you've got this religious war that's going on between Islam and Judaism and uh, radical regimes or radical militant groups that want to destroy Israel and kill off all the Jews in the world, literally. I mean, you're going back to the Nazi days when, uh, but pre that, even during Hitler's time, you had Arabic groups supporting the Nazis because they wanted to kill the Jews. And they were going, hallelujah, brother, go forward. So, you know, this history of all this, when I, when I hear somebody saying, well, you know, they're, they're racist and blah, 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 and I'm going, wait a minute, these are all the same people that came from the same stock, but it's religion that divides them. And, you know, look at your history. And, and and, but uh, anti-Semitism has been around for so long. I mean, you go back 
to the 1800s, you go back before that, historically all over where Jewish people immigrated into European countries, the uh, 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 prejudice towards them, and it was religious. It's not a racial deal, it's religious. No, we and uh, uh, we have to remember that uh, after World War II, um, I I have a speaker come in from the Holocaust uh, uh, Museum there in Washington. Mm -hmm. Uh, who's a you know who talks as a Israeli expert, and he reminds the students that after World War II, Israel was created because nobody wanted the Jews, including the United States. Oh. Nobody wanted them, so let's give them their own homeland, which had been their homeland at one point in right, time, right. centuries before. And so that was the argument. So it was history plus the fact that uh, uh, nobody wanted. But we, we, we have another caller. Hi, who's this? Go ahead. Oop, I don't have it locked in. There we go. Hi, who's this? Corey from the Marine. Corey, Corey. what's up? Corey, you're on the horn. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. You're here. You're not texting me. You're live in the studio. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow. So, Mike, i got to direct a, a question to you. Okay. Because you, you said you're not defending these uh, college professors, or these heads of the colleges, but yet you're not criticizing them either. You're, you're um, tiptoeing through the tulips, as no, we will call it. No, I, I guess, I guess, Corey. <laughs> no, I guess, Corey. You're right. I, I should say, uh, yeah, I'm critical yeah. too that they didn't have the courage to do what Neil's talking about, speak the truth, right? Um, because there's, they're representing an institution um, that they have to be very careful for by what they say because they could be taken the wrong way and and uh, they could get fired and two of them got canned yeah so you end up so you end up with uh, milk toast yeah, you know? they they spoke milk toast and they still got fired if they Corey, if they would have said the truth they probably uh, well, would have gotten fired in the case of in the case of uh, harvard she resigned she resigned and she had a but lot she, of support from the students and but they, she and was she was also proven to have plagiarized many, many things in her thesis and on and on and on, and rightfully so. She should have been canned in the beginning. Right, right. She, should, she, she probably should never, never should have been president. Yeah, probably right, not. Right. But, but the fact that she resigned right. says something about her. And well, her she at least put her foot forward and, and did that, and right. I think that's important uh, in that respect. But uh, the... the, the the scandalous, the scandalous speak. I mean, this has been brewing. Corey, you know this as well as I do, and Mike and I have talked about this, and other folks. Uh, you should. When my son was up here, he was going down to the University of Minnesota, and he ended up getting a couple of degrees. He said he couldn't, he dare not say anything conservative in front of a bunch of students because it was so bad down there, so bad. But I did, and and I it was just crazy. Yep. Right. I mean, they I had problems up here at UMD. There, yeah. there was a UMD Republican club. I mean, they had they had issues uh, at on campus at UMD. So, right. and when you talk about university is supposed to be the free speech, uh oh, <laughs> what speech is free? Uh, not right. yours. Only excuse me, mine yeah. is free. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, yeah. Corey. Thanks, Corey. We got to take a break. We'll be back more of the morning show here on KDAO. Take control of your investments by transferring funds from one tax qualified plan to another, tax deferred. Whether you have an employer sponsored retirement plan rollover, an existing IRA, or simply need to make an IRA contribution, we can help. To schedule a no-obligation consultation, call Neil Atkins, your Satera Advisor Networks LLC, member FINRA SIPC Financial Advisor at 218-727-4767 or 218-729-7733. Back to the KDAL Morning Show.
little three-dog night as we get back to action here at 8.35 on a Friday morning. And we do have another caller on the phone. Hi, who's this? You're on. Hello. Hi, who's this? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear us now? Okay. Yeah, it's Billy. It's Billy. Billy from down in the Twin Cities. Billy, I got Mike Kaiser here from out on D.C. talking politics. How's Bill? You got a question? I had a a great microcosm situation. By the way, I wanted to tell your your guest, or your host, I guess. Um, He was a wax. Uh, Yeah, Dave Dave Stramberg, my my, uh, co-host. Yeah, I want to thank you for the late 70s and early 80s. Yeah, the smooth. I became a smooth jazzer because of you. Wow. Billy grew up here. Billy grew up here. Out by uh, Pike Lake, grew up uh, in the whole family. Uh, those were the days. He's down in the Twin Cities now. He's a city at now, but uh, that's okay, Bill. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still a BFB redneck. But, uh, anyways, uh, but, uh, I, I thought about when you were talking about Israel and Palestine and that kind of thing. If you bring it down to a microcosm, think about Duluth. You got the Lutherans, the Presbyterians, the Seventh Day Adventists, the Catholics, and then you bring in the tribal nations. It's almost like the same thing, except we don't have bombs. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not killing each other. That's no. I, 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 and then and if you, we don't give up land, because if, if you want it, here, have it. <laughs> you know, it's like you can build wherever you want to. But it, 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 it's it, what does it really come down to? Is it just the the lust for war, or what is it? No, I, we were just Mike, talk- so we were just, kind of talking about that uh, out the air, Bill. Yeah. Well, I'll let Mike go it's, ahead. It's, Thanks, Bill. Uh, say hi to the crew. We we uh, we were talking about uh, history, you know, the role of history, and the role of religion. But we can't forget the role of economics. I mean, most of this, I think, is driven by economics. Uh, the wars that are happening right now, it's uh, 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 people are. Uh, taking land because of future value of the land. We've talked about uh, the war in Ukraine, uh, and uh, Russia wants Ukraine for the uh, fact that it's a breadbasket, and we've talked about this before. 20 years from now, um, oil and gas are not going to be um, uh, something that Russian can can you know pin its economy on. They're going to need something else, another commodity, and that's food. And uh, so, so you have countries now taking, uh, uh, just like China, uh, threatening to take Taiwan. Um, you've got Venezuela uh, threatening Guyana. to take uh, Guyana, Guyana, yeah, um, for because they have oil and and uh, a lot of this is being driven by economics, not by religion, not by history. Um, we have a whole new world in the 21st century. Um, that we're having trouble dealing with, and uh, well, but when you get when you get into that, though, I, I I understand the whole situation with China, with Russia, and with uh, Venezuela. Uh, obviously, you know, everybody's literally south of the border. Everybody's Catholic. Down, down. so the Venezuelans, Peruvians, uh, G- Guinea, right. on and on and on, and that used to be British. Used to be a British colony, right. and the Brits sent a warship down there to. Uh, uh, to hold off the Venezuelans, and it's all over because there's some oil. It's a contested area. It's been contested for a long time. But the so we've we've got action starting in our own hemisphere here. Right. But when you get down to what's going on in Israel, and certainly the, the Palestinians, in my mind, are the dupes here. It's a it's a schism between Iran, the Shiites, and the Sunnis. You got Saudi Arabia, Iran, and you got the schism between two realms 
of Islam. You got the wealthy. Now, you look at uh, Iran. They've got oil, but they've been boycotted. And, of course, they're fermenting this all over, whether it's in Iraq or uh, Syria or, you know, the, the Syrians and the Iranians are aligned together with Russia. They're trying to stir up the pot. And we've stood fast with with the, the uh, Saudi Arabians, the Egyptians, and the the uh, uh, Israel, and a few of the other states. But it's but it still it ferments. All of it is you're saying is economics, but the average person is stirred up when you talk about martyrs and all that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, a religion. Yeah. So how many Jews are blowing themselves up with uh, bombs and running in and killing themselves? How many Christians are blowing themselves up with bombs? There's none. Right. Now, when, when we were dealing with Vietnam, the Viet Cong, now this was not a religious war either. The Viet Cong, which were the revolutionaries, would run in with satchel charges and blow themselves up and try to kill as many Americans as they could. They booby trap in villages little babies, and you'd go, here's a little kid left, and a, a Marine or a uh, soldier would go to grab the kid and blow himself up on the kid. This is what they did to win that war. But that wasn't religious. That was a revolution going on in, uh, in a war between the North and the South. Right. But here you've got the religious deal. So you have, it's inconscionable generally for uh, Christians or Jews to go out there and sacrifice themselves and blow themselves up and kill everybody else around them. But the radicals on ism will perpetrate that. Right. But again, um, is is the cause of it economic or is it religious? Um, there's two bigger wars taking place right now that we've talked about before uh, in Sudan and Myanmar, uh, also called Burma. Um, those wars are people, again, it's economics that's driving it. It's not religion. Uh, you have a general in Myanmar who um, wanted more than he was getting, and uh, he led a, a, a coup that you know, uh, put uh, Aung San Suu Kyi, the, the president, uh, under house arrest. And, and um, uh, now that, that country is just, you know, devolved into a war between uh, uh, tribes and uh, becomes, gangs. It becomes gangs. tribal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you have cases in the country. Sudan, <clears throat> same thing. Um, it's not religious. It's, it's uh, tribalism over economics. People want more. Nigeria, uh, constantly uh, happening in Nigeria. Um, so, so I think economics is the basis of it, and then it's easier for us to understand it as a religious war. But I, I'm, I've spent a lot of time with people from uh, um, uh, Iraq and, and uh, uh, Afghanistan, and uh, they'll talk about, oh, yeah, well, my wife is, uh, um, you know, uh, Sunni, and I'm Shia, and and they have a, a much easier time dealing with the religious differences, um, like the Lutherans and the Presbyterians or the Catholics. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but it's really economics that's driving it. It's easier for us in the West to think of it as a religious war, but it's not. Let's. Uh, do we have to take a quick break? I think we should. And then we'll come back to talk Ukraine. Oh, coming up here on KDAL or at 843. This is the KDAL Morning Show with Dave Strandberg and Neil Atkins. Yes, you know it's true. Hope you need my love, 
Morning show continuing at 845 on a Friday morning. Again, uh, we got snow on the way around the Twin Ports. Could see up to six inches this evening. Blizzard warning for the folks in Bayfield and Ashland counties starting tonight through tomorrow. And a winter storm warning for Douglas and Iron County along the south shore of Lake Superior. So, so Dave, uh, the, other, the, the other day I was trying, trying to... Uh, uh, finish up a little snow blowing, and <laughs> yeah. I, I, my my mom's side of the driveway is where my stepdaughter is staying. So I'm blowing that hill, and I've got a couple year old snowblower, uh-huh. and I was sitting on top of the hill, and I was like, "Here, snap!" The cable to the auger snapped. Oh boy! So I I I called Denny's Hardware. We'll give him a little plug. Oh yeah, we got one. Ah, so I went after I got it, and the guy sh- and I looked at it. And it, it's it's simple to replace, hmm. and so I'm going to replace that for the next snowfall Good. and get rolling on it. But and I've got an old errands that's got to be 30 years old. Never anything ever broke on that. That thing yeah. is just like the old workhorse, but it doesn't blow uh, hard enough. You know, it's <laughs> not for the whole. My driveway is like 700 feet long, so I use this Toro, which is a, a real workhorse. But, um, but anyway, so now we got more snow coming. Yeah. So I finally my, replaced my snowblower. It was a Montgomery Ward model. I chose ooh, that that boy, that's going back. Uh, <laughs> holy smokes. And it still works. So. Did you get it by mail order? <laughs> uh, no, I got it at the store, which was located at the Motor Mall at the yeah, time. But, I, I went there many times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no longer exists. All right, we're back, guys. We want to talk a little more about Ukraine now. Yeah, we haven't uh, really touched on that They're still fighting Russia, much. apparently, or Russia's still fighting them. Yeah, we, we heard... Ever since Israel came about, it kind of has overshadowed, but Ukraine is still a hot spot. What, what, do, you, what do you see going on there? You know, the big news today um, is uh, something that uh, Republicans uh, keep bringing up is we need to track the weapons. Uh, and I think there's like 40,000 uh, weapons that they've, they say are not lost, but they did not track. So the Ukrainians used them. Um, but in the uh, in the fog of war, um, you don't have people on the ground that are signing off on receiving a lot of these weapons. Yep. And so the Pentagon is saying they're not lost. They're, they were used, but we need more people on the ground to uh, sign off on uh, these weapons are going through Poland. And um, but, of course, nobody wants to put more people on the ground even if they're in and that's this capacity here's how here's how it works there's a supply there's a supply chain yeah and uh what 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 worked in vietnam and work work during world war ii and so on you have your supply you're signing off on it you're bringing it to the front or wherever now in the meantime there are people that are doing black marketeering also yeah in in the whole cloud and fog of war uh we had guys doing that in vietnam we had guys doing that during world war ii and the whole nine yards on all sides uh we're doing it and uh, so that there could be something there. But I think the problem with the Republicans is, is the taste of what happened in Afghanistan and leaving billions of dollars of equipment on the ground and not having a plan to get that equipment out of there. Yeah, yeah. And the people that we were fighting now have all of that. Uh, I think that taste is still in their mouth here right, and that right. whole debacle. Right. No, I, 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 I think it should be accounted yep. for. Um, but. Again, that's going to take some cost. You're going to have to put some money into it. So it's like the southern border. Um, yeah. It's great, but uh, you can you can uh, um, uh, not let these people into the country. But you've got to have the 
uh, refugee sites. Well, they don't have into. a mechanism. What, what really blows me away, you know, seeing that you mentioned the southern border here. I should not. No, that's okay. <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's not. all right. No, I'm glad you did. So we look at the uh, millions of people that were refugees coming out of Syria and what was happening there, and you have these tent cities that were set up for refugees. A lot of them in Jordan. Yeah. And, and, and people housed uh, generally proper sanitary conditions and all that. Why hasn't that happened on in, in the southern border? Why haven't we done that? Instead of because depending on, I'm, I'm just asking that, the federal government hasn't done it. No, why? Because there's no money. Because the Republican House won't uh, appropriate the funds to create those camps, so they're being everybody's being released into the United States. So I get so upset about the southern border because again, you have a situation where both sides both sides are wrong and both sides refuse to work together mm. to create a solution. There, it's, it's tragic that the last immigration bill we had was during the Reagan administration. We we know that, and they they've kicked the can down the road, but. But there are pots of money hidden everywhere that, if somebody wanted to do it, could be diverted on an emergency basis. Look at what FEMA does with hurricanes and and other disasters. There are emergency funds available to be able to do something like that, rather than relying on, you know, everybody's blaming everybody. So you got the poor guys down in Texas and the border states that are dealing with these millions of people coming across. Then you got the governor of Texas who's bussing them out of there or flying them out of there to the sanctuary. What's interesting about the political side of all this, uh, cities like Chicago, New York, and others who said, we're going to be sanctuary cities. Well, guess what? All right, if you're going to be a sanctuary city, we're going to send all these people. Now you're going to get a taste of it. Holy smokes, they're climbing down Biden's throat. You even got Fetterman going... Now, all of a sudden, the national media, now this has become the crisis that it is. It was generally Fox and a couple of the other right-wing news networks that were covering the border a year and a half or so ago. Now, all of a sudden, you got the entire media. It's daily on the border because now they're shipping people to New York and Chicago, and they're being overwhelmed. Now it's a major story, and nobody's acting on it. And, boy, you, you, there's plenty of blame to go around, both on the Republican and the Democrat. Right, right. And you've got an administration that seems... At times, out of touch. Maybe like those three presidents of universities? Out of touch. Afraid to say Afraid to something? Say yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so back to Ukraine. Do we have a caller? Or? No, we're okay. going to take another break. All right, but we'll go do ahead that. and finish up your Ukraine if you want. No, no, we'll go. We'll come back. I have to. All right. Sounds like a deal. We'll be back. Final portion of the morning show here on a Friday, the 12th of January. Boy, I'll tell you, spring is in the air. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's going to be really wintry this, oh. this weekend between the snow and the high winds and the cold temperatures. It'll feel just like the old-time winters in the north. Yeah, now I'm going to have to get some snow off the roof, too, a little oh, bit boy. off. I always try to get a little bit off to well, keep up with it. Don't take your snowblower up there, though. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I am a strong guy, but that snowblower <laughs> is pretty heavy. I would think, yeah. I know people that did. I'm and, sure. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, you better watch out. So, Mike, back to Ukraine. What's the end run on this whole deal? Do we know? Well, we've got a, you know. I, How I long know. has this been going on now? I, I've Almost lost two track. years. It'll be two years long? in February. Wow. Well, yeah, but it goes all the way back to 2014 oh, when yeah. they had the protests in the Maidan, and they got rid of their president, who was corrupt, and he uh, got refuge in Russia, and 
he and Putin then uh, took over Crimea. Um, mm. That was way back in 2014. So, yeah. um, uh, and it, it, it's been going on for a long time. But but we've got to support. And I know a lot of your listeners are against supporting uh, Ukraine. Yep. But yep. Um, again, it goes back to the idea of this is an international problem. If we don't stop Russia, I'm of the opinion that Russia won't stop. They'll take Moldova, they'll take Georgia, and uh, they'll move into the NATO countries. So remember Putin's motivations. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any problems with, with blowing up uh, nursery schools and hospitals. Care. and yeah, He's, he's in, in it, essence as bad as Hamas yeah. in many respects. Yeah. Yeah. So, the so, end justifies the means. So it, it's, it's cheaper for us to get involved and, and arm the Ukrainians in a proxy war than for us to have to uh, uh, do more. I think, I think one of the devils in the details is that some people feel that the NATO countries aren't doing as much as they should be doing. There, there are some that are, and others, like France, has kind of dropped the ball. But you know, Britain, Poland, and some of the Eastern European countries that understand what it was like to be under the thumb of the Soviet Union I think have stepped up to play. The yeah. Germans actually have stepped up pretty, yeah. uh, pretty good. So. Britain just announced today that they're doing more. Um, they had promised like uh, uh, twenty, uh, a million, a million uh, um, uh, arms to be sent over, mm-hmm. and they uh, um, they've only sent like three hundred thousand. So, so, but Britain is stepping up, saying they're going to do more. So it's not just the United States, right? Well, and that's where it, it, it seems like when we throw these dollars around. And a lot of people, I think, have the misconception that X number of billions, that like a plane load of dollars is landing in Kiev, and it's not. It's the machinery and the equipment right. and the supply line, and and that's what the costs are. They're not, they're not doing like, uh, what was it, uh, Obama did in Iran and land a plane with, what, a billion dollars in cold cash. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they're not doing that. No, we're sending, and then that's good for our economy because we then have to build, uh, do more uh, to replenish our stockpiles. So it actually helps our economy to give aid to Ukraine. Well, we better start building up what we're expending here because yeah. just in case something else happens, we could be caught flat-footed. Yeah. So we're Dave, wrap we're, things up. Mike, thanks for being mm-hmm. here. Any final comments? Mike Kaiser, the Oracle of the East. <laughs> Kaiser Mania. Was in today. the Midwest today. So I'm, Midwest. I'm so glad I you know, came back for this back ice, to fishing, his roots. ice fishing trip. And uh-huh. uh, um, it's just so good to do it in person and hear Dave in person. <laughs> there you go. Nice, well, Mike, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. And Dave, uh, have a good weekend and catch a lot of fish this weekend, Mike. Sounds like a deal. All right. All right, coming up next, it's the Fishing Frenzy with Rick Jordan. That follows news on KDAL.